I need the perspectives of many to then kind of figure out what works best for me. And and I, I used to kind of have some shame wrapped around that. Like, why can't I figure this out on my own? But I think you just step back and you just realize like life is not meant to be done alone and, and mm-hmm. business is part of life. Hi there. Welcome to OTs Get Paid, the podcast for OT entrepreneurs, where we learn about everything you need to know to move from thinking like a therapist to acting like a CEO and making good money along the way. Are you curious how to continue to be true to your mission of helping others as an OT and get paid what you're worth? Do you want to know the best tips that add zeros to your bank account? Do you wonder how other OTs do it too? I'm your host, Trish Williams, a Canadian, a mom, a not-so-closet choir nerd, and occupational therapist of over 26 years. I spent most of those years loving my profession, but secretly wishing I could get paid a lot more. Did I feel like I had an important job that had great impact on my clients and society? Check. Did I also wish I could feel validation in that work through getting paid enough to feel financial freedom? Check, check. So finally in my 40s, as a single mom who needed to get real with my income, I built two six-figure businesses, including my latest as an OT entrepreneur coach at Trish Williams Consulting. And through this, I heard the secret shame that others felt the same way too. So I'm raising my voice and raising my profile of this issue and probably raising my prices. I'm here to talk about OTs making money. So let's do like Scrooge McDuck and dive into those giant piles of gold coins and get swimming and start this episode. Welcome OT entrepreneurs to episode 91 of the OTs Get Paid podcast. Today, we're talking about small business, big support, and how having a strong network can help your business thrive. I bet many of you that are listening today are doing so on the fly. Are you driving? Are you maybe taking a mental health walk? That would be crazy good if you are. Are you listening to this while you're doing the dishes or something else in an occupational role that is not the owner of your business? Many of you are solopreneurs or accidental entrepreneurs. You're an occupational therapist that decided, hey, I'm going to do some good in the world. I want some more freedom. I want to be able to make more money. I'm going to start this thing. And many of you are feeling alone. One of my favorite things about this podcast is that. I am literally sitting in my closet (laughs) in my bedroom, (laughs) pressing record and having conversations with people and with you. Even though if you can't talk back to me, I can hear it. I can feel the vibes. And this helps you feel less alone, which is fabulous. How else can you feel less alone in your business? Maybe you're thinking, you know what, Trish, I know I should get a better network. I know I should surround myself with people, but who has the time? Or Trish, I'm inundated by like groups, Facebook groups, programs, group coaching, da 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 to join. And I don't have the money. And I'm always run off my feet. How do I make this happen in the first place? And today we want to talk about the solution of 
support and really dive into how that makes a real difference in your business thriving. And how do we define thriving around here? Well, it's becoming a paid peep. It's making some money and also not losing your freedom and working 80 hours a week. And today's topic was actually suggested to us by a current member of the 100K Club Mastermind. We have an owner, a helper, and a doer, a mom, a wife, an Ironman, and a pediatric OT who is the CEO of Parallel Play, which is a therapeutic gymnastics gym in Aurora, Colorado, who is here with us today to do a deep dive. Again, I want to highlight, they were the one who brought up this topic, which is fantastic. And we cannot wait to dive in this together. So today I'm going to welcome Rachel Lawrence. Hi, Rachel. Hi, Trish. Thanks so much for having me today. You're so welcome. So before we hit record, Mm -hmm. you admitted something to me. What was that? (laughs) Uh, I admitted I'm feeling very, very nervous to be on today. And all the power to you. Yeah. Because that is very normal. So the second piece of what we talked about was, so then why are you doing this if you're so nervous? Well, and that's the comical thing. I literally said, I was like, well, I was the one that suggested this. I was the one, I was the one that reached out. What? You know, I'm, I'm a pretty introverted person that has really great moments of gumption. And I think I had been listening a lot to the podcast and you know, I do take walks and I listen just to take breaks in between all of the madness. And the more, instead of thinking like, why me? I kind of, my brain was like, wow, that would be really cool someday. And I think I have some things to share. Um, I just started asking like, why not me? You know, and the more I heard, the more I heard stories that sounded a lot like my own, um, but they were a little different. And I think the more that we can share our stories, uh, the better we are. And like you said, we don't have to feel so alone, whether it's local or global. Um, this is just another conversation and I'm just happy to, to give my voice to it. Thank you. And that is a beautiful overarching, it's your truth and it's a brilliant story. And it's a great overarching theme to what we want to talk about today, which is taking that opportunity, saying yes, and leaning into some support so that you can thrive as a CEO business owner. So tell us a bit more of who you are and how you get paid. So like you said, I own Parallel Play, which is in Aurora, Colorado, right on the edge of Denver. And it is a sensory gymnastics gym. I was a gymnast for most of my life. And I just saw this different niche and a different need and a different way to work with children. I was a home-based therapist for several years. And uh, now I created a sensory gym that also incorporates gymnastics equipment. And we work with kiddos both through adapted and therapeutic gymnastics. We're a team of occupational therapists and we work with children with sensory processing disorders, autism, cerebral palsy, um, ADHD, et cetera, et cetera. Um, So I've just found this really, really awesome. I love my job. I love the job I created for myself. Well, every day? Yeah. Okay, good. (laughs) Because that's not always the case. But isn't that a wonderful thing to be able to say? It it makes me the most proud. Why, you know, and we didn't plan for this question, but it popped in my mind and I'm curious. Why is gymnastics such a great vehicle as a therapeutic tool for a sensory-based practice? 
Oh, I love that you asked this. Um, I have already considered gymnastics as a gateway sport. It teaches um, discipline, coordination, balance, strength, flexibility, the ability to control your body and produce different shapes and different movements. I think gymnastics is a sport that all children should be able to access at some point in their life, whether it's a parent taught class, whether it's just like a rec class in gym. I think it it shows you how to fall. It shows you how to get back up. It shows you how to finesse your movement. And when you're considering that, um, I think children with disabilities also deserve the, the chance to move, you know, whether they're ambulatory, whether they're not, what, whatever their, their physical or mental ability is, we, we all need to move more than we do. And a moving child is a learning child. And so you put all of that together and, you know, it's also my expertise. It's a sport I knew I was a gymnast for most of my life. So you put all that together and it was just kind of like the perfect marriage of movement of sensory based movement. And a child doesn't need to know that they're bringing their body together at midline. They can just know that they're doing a tuck and it's so good for their parents to see some of my little kids come in leotards and come in there like tucked in gym shorts. And, Bless. you know, they, they come ready to do gymnastics, um, but they are still addressing OT goals along the way. Mm, thanks. Thanks yeah. for explaining that so well. Let's talk about income and impact. What uh, were your numbers last year? What do you want your numbers to be? And what do you want your greater impact to be on your community in terms of goals? Okay, I love, I love these questions. So um, last year we did 167,000 gross. Um, you know, and, and when we're looking at good, better, best, I would love to break the 200,000 mark this year. Um, better would be 225, the, the best, like a quarter million, that would just feel so dang good to say, you know, like, Hey, we're three and a half, almost four years into the the brick and mortar of this. And, you know, we had a quarter million that just, I don't know, that just rings really good. So we'll see. I love it. I can see the smile on your face yeah. when you're saying it too. That it's so good. bold. Yeah. Um, as far as impact. Um, so my business exists, um, in a marketplace that has 50 other small businesses here in Aurora. So everything from a cooking school to a, um, award-winning uh, mini restaurants, but one that's a James Beard restaurant. We have a gymnastics gym that actually a lot of our kids, we have a goal of transitioning them down to more traditional classes. Um, and I think my biggest thing is when I, when I adapted this space, uh, there was a big wall up front. And I think my biggest thing is that these kids with disabilities deserve to be a part of our community. They deserve to be seen. They deserve to be known. They deserve to have a, like we've gotten, um, doors that open, you know, with, with automatic, um, push buttons that the, the marketplace didn't have before. We're adapting bathrooms. We're creating an environment where they are welcomed and they deserve to be a part of our community. So I'm not sure what that looks like even beyond this, but I do know that parents really appreciate that, you know, we have signs on the door that say, you know, instead of teaching kids not to stare, let's teach them how to say hello. And since I hung that up on the window, the amount of people that walk by, I mean, it is kind of like working in a fishbowl. There's big, big windows and everybody can see good and bad sessions, you know, tough moments, but these kids and these families wave and they say hi. And I just want kids to have access to things that typical and typically developing children have um, amidst their community. They shouldn't have to go to a separate clinic. And I love just being embedded in this community. What percentage of clients come in with a more visible disability or would categorize themselves as, as having a disability versus a parent who is working on OP issues that don't stem from a diagnosis? It's probably about 50-50. So mm -hmm. we do have kiddos that come in that have 
um, like you said, those visible diagnoses, they can, you can see um, a disability or a limb difference or, you know, cerebral palsy. They're using walkers, they're using wheelchairs. Um, and we do have ways to make that accessible here. But a lot of them are working on just as executive functioning, the ability, mm-hmm. the interoception, the understanding of where their body is in space, you know, breaking points, tools, strategies. So over half are probably kiddos with those invisible, you know, struggles. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And yet I'm hearing that your mission in a way is almost, I mean, you know, I'm just curious here about the niche of the niche, right? Yeah. There's, it's, it's so interesting. And th- this is the reason behind me leaning into these questions is because mm-hmm. you are able to serve, you know, you're already niching, right? Like I was sensory peds, your sensory peds gymnastics. Yeah. And then it, even the bigger mission I'm hearing is sensory peds gymnastics, kids with disabilities deserve access to this as well. Yep. Well, if you're ever afraid to niche down, listen to that (laughs) sentence from Rachel again. Quite specific when you put it like that. It's great. And then what about people will be wondering about how much is insurance versus how much Mm -hmm. is private pay? Talk to us about that. I actually was running some numbers during my son's nap yesterday. Um, Right now we're sitting at um, 55% is either community waivers um, or insurance and 45% is private pay. Mm -hmm. Do you have a goal for that going forward of how that... Is that the the percentages you want to keep or do you want to shift? Well, right now that spread feels okay. Um, we are not in network with private insurances. We're only in network with Medicaid Colorado. And that does enable, you know, because our services aren't cheap. Where I, where I have my business is not cheap. Um, it's a big overhead and it's a big community. And so I, I feel like I'm able to serve two different types of populations in that way too, is, is the families that have the means to really pay for these private sessions and the families that don't. Um, and so right now it feels good to kind of have that 50-50 and it's working financially. Um, but there are reasons just reimbursement wise why we haven't taken more um, commercial insurance. And, you know, maybe someday if we're doing enough bulk and if we move to a different environment that has more space, that might be something where we can you know, <laughs> toggle those numbers. But right now that feels that feels pretty good. Uh, last question on this yeah. before we move into the kind of meat of our interview. How many hours a week do you work, Rachel? Mm, too many. <laughs> Thank you for admitting it. Okay. How many is too many? Because people, I'm not trying to shame you and you can say yeah. bug off, but like people... We want the people to know. Yeah, you, we want, I know, we want, we want the dirty details. Um, right now, I have two young children. I work Tuesday through Saturday, and I would eventually like to not work on Saturdays, but it's honestly our biggest marketing mm-hmm. day. I consider me working and having the lights on and seeing the cute kiddos that come in here and what we're working on. I have, there's a thousand people here in the marketplace that are mm-hmm. walking past, and I get a call at least. So Saturday is kind of a marketing work day, but um, I do right now, uh, I just lost a therapist, so I picked up some of her sessions, but uh, about 25 sessions a week. Mm-hmm. Plus all admin and I do have a biller, but there's still a lot that needs to be done for mm-hmm. Medicaid and purposes. So 25 sessions plus plus all the, the Plus a stuff. lot. Oh, hours. Because I'm imagining yeah. if you're not there, so let's say Sunday and Monday when you're mm-hmm. technically not working, yeah. are you working on the business at those points or is the phone off and the computer off? Sunday is my hard and fast no mm-hmm. working. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the only day that my whole family's together. My husband works mm-hmm. Monday through Friday. We we tag team childcare. Um, you know, we're, we're in the thick of it in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. But um, like I said, I even kind of posted about this on Saturday. I was like, I love my job, even mm-hmm. when I'm here on Saturday, you know, but um, Sunday, I turn everything off. I don't answer emails. Monday, if my son has a good nap, um, I will, tr- I take some inquiry calls and I'll do some trickle in emails and run some payroll and things like that. Um, mm-hmm. But I really try to, Sunday is sacred. Mm-hmm. And the goal is to have more sacred time, I'm imagining. Yes. Yeah. And a little more time for myself with that. Good, good. Okay, let's jump into the myth of 
being able to do it alone, you know, or I'd like some support, but I don't know how to access it or ain't nobody got time for that. (laughs) Tell us the story of how you went from feeling that true solo and solopreneur to finding a support network. Absolutely. So um, I myself have spina bifida occulta. So I have a few kind of mild health health issues with that. And when I got pregnant with my son, I knew I needed to surround myself with a dream team of women, it turned out to be, uh, who really supported my journey, kept me working. I was doing cartwheels literally until the night I went into labor, um, kept me moving, kept me working, kept me moving mats, lifting children, doing all of the things. Um, but I had an amazing chiropractor, I had an amazing massage therapist who ended up also, she was in my doula. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had, who, who else? There was, I had a mental health counselor. I had, I, I had a I had a dream team, I feel mm-hmm. like. And it was such a, a blessing that it kind of established about halfway through my pregnancy. I was like, I that was, that was the first thing is I can't do this alone. I need this support. I am pushing and pushing. My only speed is go, but I really <laughs> need to slow down to make sure I'm healthy. Um, and make sure, you know, my child is healthy. And so the time my doula um knew the name of my business and she is really passionate about working with, you know, women in small business. And she heard parallel play and she knew this other therapist. <laughs> Um, my friend Britta, who owns a business called Progress Through Play. And I think she didn't even think like, oh, TPT. She was just like, you both have play in your words. I know you both were kids. Like, you should meet. Um, and, you know, I'm sure as, as we all start getting more visibility, you know, we'll get that, can I pick your brain, that email, you know, where, you know, sometimes people are like, you need to charge for that. You need to, and, and my kind of thing is you never know what doors are going to open from that. I actually got another one that came into my email last night that you know, somebody I talked to a year ago. And so just being open to that. So um, Britta and I met to, ha- to get coffee. And you know, Trish, there are some people in life that I consider connectors. My husband is a connector. He is a person that likes to go, oh, I know somebody for that. And you know, and you should meet. And um, I don't think he's yet to like put a couple together, but that's kind of on a bucket list for him. He's like, I want, I want to match make. I want to, I want to make that happen. We'll, we'll see if that ever happens. But, um, my friend Britta, like turns out she is an amazing PT, but she's also a connector. And so we got an email one October and maybe September sometime around there in 2021. And she attached five, there's five of us. So four of the therapists, she emailed us and she's like, I've got this harebrained idea. She said, I'm going to put each of your names and businesses, but I just, tell me if I'm totally off base. I think it would be really, really great if we could meet every now and again, maybe quarterly, you know, just to talk about small business, talk about our goals, see, you know, what's going on and where the challenges are. And then she also on the, like, it was like, PS, four of you all have had a little boy in the last like eight months. That is a very connecting thing to say. Britta. Yeah. It was like, oh, but I was already already there, but then I was like, okay. (laughs) You know, Britta has a, has two older like kids that are older. She's the one that shows us like there is light at the end of the tunnel. We've got these young children. Um, but yeah, four of us had little boys all in um, 2020 or 2021, like right around then. So um, we decided to just take a chance and we all went out to dinner and it's trickled from there. So I'm hearing the why in Britta's email was about sharing goals and challenges. So again, without using the, I mean, there's support, but it's like the why behind the support. Yeah. And of the people that she CC'd, did everybody reply yes? Yes. Oh my goodness. (laughs) I think we were all so desperate. Okay. So tell me. Hey, Trish. Yes, Ashley. As an OT entrepreneur who's just starting to make money, I bet you've thought, oh my gosh, 
I just got my first few clients. What the heck do I do now? Don't worry. At Therabyte, we have you covered. We heard you and we created intake and consent templates just for you. So you've downloaded the template and now you can say, amazing, I know exactly how to get my client started. Oh, I wish I'd had this in the beginning. I pulled everything together and needed something this efficient. Okay, so where can listeners find these templates, Ashley? Super easy. The link will be in the show notes. You just hop over to our website, find templates, and you've got your download. Sounds great. Tell me about that first dinner and what, uh, like, what did you talk about? What, what felt different during and after that dinner as a solopreneur? Oh my gosh. Um, up until this point, the pretty much the only one I talked to business about is like my parents and my husband. Mm-hmm. And I remember being, Trish, like I said, I am an introvert. I, I, it, this was a big leap. Um, and I remember standing outside the restaurant. I couldn't even find the door. It was like some posh restaurant I'd never been to. We tried to choose places that we, we don't really get to go to with kids. So I couldn't even find the door and I just felt like an idiot. And I'm standing there and I'm sweating and I'm so nervous. And I was like, I got there early, but then I didn't go into late because I kept talking myself. Um, but once we sat down, you know, and we all just kind of shared what our own kind of little niche or interests were, or, you know, what we really thrived at as, as entrepreneurs, um, there, it was very unstructured. It was kind of just a meet and greet. And then we we're like, this went really well. We walked out and I remember I came, I like called my husband from the car immediately. I was like, I think I have friends. I think I have friends that get it. I think, I think this is going to be it. And he was just over the moon excited for me. Oh, that's so great. Yeah. What do you call yourselves again? What's your name? Um, so Britta put us all on a text message stream as pediatric masterminds. Great. And so are you still meeting monthly? Yes. Um, which is amazing. Um, I have since had another child. There's another one um, who is pregnant, um, no, two that are pregnant right now. So despite all of that, we have really prioritized. There, there are a couple months where one person can't make it or, or somebody's traveling, but we really do at the end of each dinner or meeting or whatever we're doing, um, we sit down and we look at our calendars and we we block it off. And it almost always, like it takes some flexibility. There's been a couple of times where, well, we have COVID and you've got this and you've got that. So let's let's push to next week. And my husband has softball. And, you know, we we do bend. Um, but I'd say over, over half of the meetings, we are all there um, and maybe just missing one person on the rest. So we really do prioritize. And we've been meeting at least every four to six weeks since then. Is there an agenda? Um, <laughs> we've tried. <laughs> We do have to put limits. My uh, one of one of the women, Leah, she's so so systematic and just such an amazing brain. And she's like, okay, we're gonna take notes and we're gonna, you know, we're gonna give ourselves ten minutes to talk. And we actually did a lot better last time. We actually set aside three hours and we met at my gym and we did a more like in depth meeting versus like dinner and half catching up and half doing. You know, um, we try, but we do at least take notes on what we need to check in with each other on action items or things that's like, hey. Um, you know, you said that you were going to raise your prices this month. Have you sent that, you know, that letter out to families or, Hey, can you send me this resource, et cetera? Wow. This is a highly functional group. Do you talk about clinical at all or is it business? Absolutely. So I think, um, a lot of times that'll kind of happen on one-offs and a lot of what we do is via text. Um, so Leah and I have very similar businesses in that we are still um, primarily treating. She does more home-based stuff or therapy, not stuff. She even sent me like with things blacked out. She was like, this is a little kiddo that I'm working with his MRI. 
um, what, what are you seeing on this? You know, what, how should I guide this parents? We're seeing a lot of things with brainstem and we're talking about what we expect. So yes, we do share clinical knowledge. Um, Britta is, um, works with torticollis plagiocephaly tongue tie as a PT, which is pretty rare. She's pretty niche too. And then we have one that's routine based and another one, um, who's a speech therapist. We've got speech OT and PT in our group. Um, and she works mostly with preschool age, um, speech therapy, speech and language. You know, a quick throwback to my best friend, Kelly Bynes. Mm -hmm. And as regular listeners know, Kelly and I met on our first day of OT school in 1992. And it was a very long time ago. Um, And the original, original, original podcast idea, like I'd never thought of having a podcast before, came from these meetings that Kelly and I used to have and another friend, Jody Brown from Mac OT class of 94, shout out, who was not an entrepreneur. Um, But the three of us, my original meeting of all this was clinical. And eventually... We, Kelly, Jody wasn't really interested in doing a, a podcast, but we wanted to call it So I've Got This Kid. <laughs> okay, do you get it? A thousand times. Okay, yeah. good. Because I was like, oh, shoot. And Kelly's so creative. So she was drawing the logo of like a phone and another phone and like a cord between, because that's how we started every conversation. So we've got this kid. I've got this kid. Um, and I remember the nucleus was if we're finding benefit from this, why don't we just hit record? Like, it doesn't have to be fancy, does it? And then it wound up not happening. But that is why I too, and I want to get to like more of the nitty gritty about what is, what are you getting out of this that keeps you prioritizing it? And what was I getting out of it? And again, it was from a clinical perspective that kept me coming back and had the impetus of me hitting record. Mm -hmm. Um, So let's talk a bit about this. We came up before we you know, pressed record here. We can, and, you know, by the way, just as a total aside, these little flashes you have can come to fruition in unique ways that you don't expect years and years later. Like as Kelly and I were planning and we had like, we went to actually, we had a, Kelly and I used to meet every year. And one year we met in Denver. Nice. Because that's halfway between where I live in Calgary, Alberta and where she lives in Maryland. Yeah. And we'd never been to that. Well, we'd been to the star center, but, um, Yeah. And so we had like these yearly in May, uh, you know, retreats, we would call them CEO retreats. And we planned out this podcast, but it wasn't wasted time because you never know where these things are going to show up, right? Years later, I have this podcast. So at any rate, that's for those of you in the long game, how don't think that work that you maybe worked on or didn't come to fruition won't show up in another way at another time. Okay, so back onto our five benefits of having a support network. We came up with five. I'm going to label them now, and then we can go through them one by one, Rachel, and you can give some examples. How does that sound? Sounds great. Okay, so the five are emotional support, access to expertise, increased visibility, resource sharing, and accountability. And we're going to go through those now. So emotional support, running a business we know is really stressful. You need people who can, that feeling that you described that like, I have friends who get it, right? That was literally your quote. You know, that listening ear when you need it the most. Can you give us an example of when that really resonated for you as a business owner? So I I think it's more... It's not that I don't have friends outside of the business world, but I think, you know, people see this glamorous 
thing. You're, you're, you're a business owner, you know, they don't see the underside of it. And I think there was just this moment, even just on that first meeting of this real feeling of these women get it. And they're not going to judge me for the (sighs) dirty backside of, you know, Oh, I have post-it notes everywhere. And I lost this inquiry that I took notes on Like, you know, and, and they'll go, you know what I've done, you know? So I I know that's not the emotional, but like, I I think exactly that is that it's provided me a place to be vulnerable as a business owner. Um, and of course we have the, the mom connection and, and there's that, but, um, it's more, it's more just that, that understanding that this is a lot harder than I think any of us realized it mm-hmm. might be mm-hmm. and, and just finding that camaraderie. And I think somebody cries at least once mm-hmm. every time we meet mm-hmm. <laughs> for, for either good things or hard things or, you know, change or whatever that looks like. I think there is just that opportunity and women, you know, we're, we're largely by and large good at, at being vulnerable. And I think when you find somebody that understands a little bit of what you're going through, you just have that capacity to be a little bit more vulnerable and just go, this is really hard. (laughs) Well, and it sounds as though too, they're meeting you in that midbrain to midbrain place right? So it's not just, and we're going to talk about that, it's not just frontal lobes, but the first place that it really hit you in the feels was literally in the feels, like in your amygdala, right? And it's just that, oh, and, you know, as a peds OT, you know, I know that's basically what I taught parents three quarters of the time, which was like, emotional regulation does not come from your, your frontal lobes. And there is that ability to be regulated by somebody who really gets it. You don't have to pretend to be anybody that you aren't. Mm-hmm. It's really important. Yeah. Thanks. Okay. Number two, access to expertise. So insights into areas where you may be lacking, helping you make better decisions, avoiding mistakes. Can you think of an example of when that resonated for you with pediatric masterminds, right? Yeah. Can you give us an example? Yeah, I think, you know, I think starting a business has to come with a level of confidence. And the way you become confident as a therapist is by building your skills. You know, we are all great therapists in the areas. And, you know, I kind of mentioned we've got everything from speech language to routine based, you know, like online guides for how to teach your child basically anything in in a routine style. Um, We've got craniosacral, we've got home based, we've got more sensory like me. So we all have some expertise, but we also have all had different careers. We didn't start out as entrepreneurs. So, like, I, um, I was the lead occupational therapist uh, for the preschool for the blind nearby. Mm-hmm. And so I do have some more vision expertise. And so even, you know, I mentioned like when Leah showed me that MRI, you know, I, I was going, okay, so we need to check vision. Mm-hmm. We need, these are the resources. These are, you know, so we, we've we all had these careers that we can pull on even beyond just um, the expertise of what we practice and now um, that we can pull from. And, mm-hmm. and I think that has just been so beneficial. I think it also lends to when we understand that we are not the person that needs to treat, but there's no competition in that, like Leah has referred people to me because she's like, this kid is maxed out at home. She, this kid needs a sensory gem. This kid needs to be out in a community or challenged in different ways. Or I'll say, I've got this kiddo that's not right for me. Who could we pass that on to? And so not only expertise, but then also having that, that network, you know, and hopefully that will, will grow. We, we've kind of committed to kind of keeping our group small because we already get so distracted, but hopefully that will continue to grow too, is that we have these trusted professionals of, that expertise to really mm-hmm. refer to. Mm-hmm. Number three, increased visibility. We talk a lot about leveraging the audience of others mm-hmm. at OTs Get Paid in terms of referrals, in terms of exposures to new customers or markets, in terms of collab, let's say for marketing efforts. Can you think back to 
an example of when you could leverage the audience of others to increase your visibility or vice versa when they leveraged your audience for their visibility? Absolutely. So um, just in the season of life that I've been in, I don't have a super, super robust um, social media presence, but three of these businesses um, and these women have really, really strong social media presence. You know, Britta now practices two days a week at a clinic, but she has been largely home-based, as has Leah. And there's no exposure when you're just kind of lost. And so they pushed really hard on the social media presence to be known in Denver. And so they have even come on each other's like stories and reels. They tag each other. If somebody's doing a collaboration, they are are, like amazing. At, at the social media game. And so there's just that really obvious, you know, tag each other. But even when we meet up, we almost always take a picture together and we tag each other and we just talk about how happy we are to have other like just badass women that we know that are doing good in the pediatric world here and around Denver, around Colorado. Mm-hmm. Um, that. That's a so there is that visibility, example. you know, and like you said, like there, there are referrals and things like that. But, um, you know, someday I do hope to have a little more time and energy and, you know, Mm -hmm. to be able to grow and push and kind of push into that, make a more online um, resources available. Um, But I can tell you that they, they all benefit from that. And 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 you know what, don't beat yourself up that you haven't, because literally you're levered, you're, you're happily and they are graciously sharing their audience with you. So Mm -hmm. why would you parallel? (laughs) Why would you run that race parallel this point? If, you know, the visibility can come from somewhere else. And that's, you know, you don't have to pull every lever. That's well, yeah. And that's like, sorry, go ahead. No, it's, it's, I think it's really smart. Well, and I'm the only one that has a bricks and mortar, you know, Mm -hmm. and, and I am in, I'm not depending on somebody just seeing us behind a warehouse. Like we are Mm -hmm. in a very robust community here. And so I really haven't had the need uh, to push that really hard up until this point. Mm-hmm. Um, to push that yeah. kind of like back in, like you said, lever. Um, because people walk by and people go, well, this isn't for maybe my kid, but I know somebody that could really mm-hmm. benefit and word of mouth and this just tight-knit community around here is really helpful. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, we, we push the buttons that we need to push when we need to. Exactly. Okay, number four, resource sharing. So tell us about a time when the pediatric masterminds, either you helped them or they helped you by offering resources such as equipment or tools that you may not have had access to on your own? Uh, a couple come to mind. I mean, we've, we've done things even, like I've passed on some of my, own, I was a home health therapist for many years. I passed on some of that stuff um, to my other therapists that work, you know, in different populations. And I don't need, I don't need my puzzles anymore. I don't need my, my bells and rattles and shakers and things like that. So there's just like the tangible resources. But I think the other thing is, you know, several of us, I think three of us are on EMRs, like electronic medical record systems. And so even that, like we're talking about resourcing, uh, I have sat down with each of them and seen what their EMR looks like so that I can have that knowledge um, firsthand from somebody. So it might not be something that's so tangible as much as it is. Let me see how you do this. Can you pull back the curtains on, you use Asana? Well, I'm going to try Trello or, you know, you use this EMR and I'm still using Google Docs or whatever that looks like. That ability to see how another therapist operates and how their backside looks, you know, it's kind of like an embroidery hoop. You know, it looks all pretty on the front. We hope it does. (laughs) You know, on the back, you just see all the tangled mess. Mine's a little more tangled than others. I'm just... I'm a hurricane, um, and it astounds me that I've gotten this far, and we're working on that. Um, as you said in the in the mastermind club, yours. Um, 
But I think sometimes resource sharing doesn't have to be as, as obvious as, you know, hey, I, I shared a mat or mm-hmm. a, a sensory swing. I lent that out, you know, mm-hmm. and, and that can and does happen. But I think it's more just so show me what you use and I'll show you what I use and let's see what, what would work better for you and me. Well, I think it's an amazing example because you're thinking of it not just a clinician with equipment or tools, but as a business owner. And at the end of the day, you know, we come back to this time and time and time again, you've only got two big assets. You've got time and you've got money. So if this is helping you save money by getting on the right EMR, for example, um, because you found one. In fact, somebody recently showed us podcast. Why am I forgetting words today? Thank you very much. The podcast platform that we used to publish the episodes was costing us a fortune. And somebody suggested and showed us there was a better one out there that was like dirt cheap. So better and cheaper. I was like, oh, heck yeah. So literally that sharing of resources saved us money. And it also saves us time, right? Mm -hmm. Because we can then do more because we're not digging into a system that didn't have the analytics that we needed. And now Mm -hmm. we can see these analytics. So again, time, money, time, money, time, money. I always come back to those. Okay. Number five, accountability. You've, you've talked about it, but again, we're storytellers here. So think, I'd love you to think about a time where having that support network really helped you stay accountable, maybe to one particular goal. Well, I mentioned the whole like raising prices thing and I've gotten like four texts because I'm the one, <laughs> I'm that one. I'm the one that needs to raise my prices. Um, I haven't raised my prices since I opened my bricks and mortar. Like that is, and our rent has only gone up and I just keep finding excuses not to. And literally we met uh, three weeks ago and I've already gotten I think, three or four texts. Like, oh have you written gosh. the letter? Have you done it? Have you done it? But I think the other thing is this last meeting, we, we kind of talked about how we can, we tend to gloss over the things that we've done and and just go to the next thing that needs to be done. Like we we're not taking time to celebrate the wins. Even like mm. like yeah, I, I mentioned like last year I switched EMRs and the process of transitioning from one EMR to another was so laborious. Like it, it just took it took me two months. It was so much work. I was pregnant. It was it was a disaster. Like oh, it was so hard. Um and and I never celebrated that you know, and it was something that like, I was like, we all need to celebrate. So now one of the things that we held all of us accountable for is on our group text is we are literally giving ourselves gold stars and (laughs) saying, I did X, Y, Z, you know, (laughs) I made this happen. I hired or fired, or I fired my biller and found somebody else, or I hired my VA, or I like Britta was just saying like, I, I am overfilled and I need to take some time that like take a step back. I, I have too much availability and I'm working a little more than I would like to. And so she messaged, she's like, as of this date, I am free on Fridays, you know, and we, we all are really trying. So that's like a way we're accountable to is just celebrating those wins with each other with, you know, without jealousy or judgment. It's just beautiful. Oh, I love it. Well, in that vein, and you didn't even set me up you didn't know you're setting up, but there's a shout out to a podcast that we did, episode 86, where we talked about the power of small wins. And again, Kelly Bynes is getting a lot of airtime today, which is great because I love what she does. We actually have those champagne moments. We have had them for years. And she literally said, hey, do you think we should like record? You'll hear it. It's it's very in the moment. Like there's no pretending. We didn't even really have an agenda for that call. But again, yeah. we not only celebrate what our wins are, but we talk about in more in depth about why that is so important. Yeah. So these are great examples. Um, Before we hit the rapid fire questions, I want to ask you one more question. And that is, you've had both free small group support and paid small group support as a member of the 100K Club Mastermind. So you've, you know, you've, and literally you've got a paid 
mastermind that you're paying for and Mm -hmm. a free mastermind. What do you feel the difference is between those two, if any? So I needed a lighthouse. I needed somebody to point me in the right direction of a a little bit more outline, a little bit more structure. I think um, just the organic nature of my my free mastermind um, has been let's let's discuss what's kind of cropping up in the moment Mm -hmm. versus a lot of preparatory, like this is the plan, you know, this is the structure, this is six months, this is what I'm really focusing on. We know what, you know, and my my whole my whole group knows like this year is systems. I've got to find a way to clean this up. Uh, I've got to find a way to make this easier so I can take things off of my plate, et cetera, et cetera. So they know that like general goal. And I think they've been really supportive and just those like one-offs, like once a month, we're checking in on those, those touch points. But I think when I'm looking at like the, when I kind of sought out extra paid help, um, was just needing, needing somebody with an even higher up view, you know, like I'm in it, in the thick of it with these other women. Um, Mm -hmm. but I needed somebody like you or, or the people that I'm learning from in the, in the mastermind that have a little bit of a a higher up, um, view of where I need to go next, if Mm -hmm. that makes sense. It really so there's does. kind of that in that moment thick of it. That's like that, that's that free support. And then there's that visionary moving forward of what this could be and structure that my brain needs to, to make things actually happen. Mm-hmm. That's so interesting. I didn't know the answer. So I'm thrilled yeah. to hear it. And thank you for providing me with some marketing copy, FYI. Okay. <laughs> and I say that, I say that because those of you who are like, how do I get paid? How do I get marketing content? You just ask questions you want to know the answer to and you listen to it. Um, and, you know, perhaps it's easy for you to say, okay, I'm going to pay this amount because you've already had success in a group support for free, right? Like, you know that it works for you. yeah. And so it's okay to then pay because mm-hmm. it's going to do something different. But I, I had never thought of in a way what makes you another ideal candidate for the 100K Club Mastermind is like, oh, this already works. I know that I'm the person that gets all five benefits and more, I'm sure that we didn't even talk of, before this this support, um, which, you know, makes that an easy yes for you. Yeah. And I think, um, I, I think that's exactly it. I'm a person that I kind of like to synthesize a lot of different perspectives before mm. I come up with my own. Not saying I don't have my own strong opinions on various things, but I am, I, I'd say I'm more of a synthesizer. I, I like to collect how other people do it. And I like to have a window into other people's. That's why I've like asked, like, show me your email show me this, show me that. Like, I, I need the perspectives of many to then mm-hmm. kind of figure out what works best for me. And, and I, I used to kind of have some shame wrapped around that. Like, why can't I figure this out on my own? But I think you just step back and you just realize like life is not meant to be done alone and, and mm-hmm. business is part of life. Mm-hmm. And so if I want this to be sustainable, I can't have it be alone. And, you know, I think maybe some people that are listening are thinking like, well, I don't have a Brita, you know, mm-hmm. or I don't know how to even like touch into that or, you know, and I kind of alluded to it is uh, I know there it's can be a divisive thing. You know, some, some people say like your time is so valuable. You should charge people if they want to pick your brain. But I have never done that because I just feel like the, there, there is no shortage of need of this, the populations that we serve. And mm-hmm. if I'm not the right person for somebody, I want to have other people to refer to. And I want to also support other women and other people. And so, um, you know, I, I, I at least once every few months, I take a, a different meeting where it's like, hey, let's get coffee. If you want to pick my brain, I'll tell you what worked. I'll tell you what didn't. I'll tell you where I'm at now. It's not glamorous. It's not perfect. 
you know, um, but I think maybe that could be a place to start is, you know, that, or, you know, I know Britta said like, she's like looked up at the hashtag, like Denver OT or Denver PT or Denver, you know, looking at people in your local area or going to like the local, I'm not part of this. I don't think I haven't renewed it, but, um, for like the local OT association, but you know, things like that is just like, even if you're not a connector and you're not that more outgoing person that wants to bring everybody together, like I would have never thought to do that. Um, but maybe being a little bit more of a yes person on the back end of just going like, yeah, we can, we can commune and we can, we can share knowledge and we can, um, you know, give high fives and meet and meet. Well, and I, again, I think that's an amazing underlying theme that you just called out, which is like, you've said yes to a lot, right. Mm-hmm. Of opportunity. And you, you're scared and you're not sure where it's going to come from. And I think at this stage of business, it's brilliant. And look, you know, when you turn back and look at what you've accomplished, even though I know it's not perfect and that's okay. There's many people listening to this that want to be you right now where you are at. Um, A lot of that has been saying yes. And I think that is a a superpower. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Rapid fire questions. Ready? Yeah. What is your biggest personal splurge? Uh, in general, I'm a shopper. Oh, you are. <laughs> I, know, I know you, you talk about, you know, how frugal I'm like, I love me some Lululemon. I, I like, I, I do like to shop. I, I still have clothes in my closet from high school. I was a fashion design major in college before. No so I, I love that. And, uh, that's definitely slowed down as body and finances and everything have changed. And really how many pairs of leggings does one woman need? Um, I, but the other thing that popped in my head is last year, my husband and I bought uh, an 08 minivan because we have two kids and two dogs and we live in the mountains and we needed to haul our gear. And so we bought a used, awesome, it's like the best car I've ever driven minivan. What kind of minivan is it? It's a Toyota Sienna. It has all wheel drive. Nice. Gets us up to the mountains. We have a Thule on top. I mean, like we are so, nice. so like I'm so in the thick of momming, but I'm also like, it's so helpful to have that. And it was definitely like a splurge on our part of you know, we, we don't buy new cars. We, it, well, it's not yeah. new with the but it was new to us and it's like the fanciest thing I've ever owned. Oh. So that was, that was like the biggest recent splurge I could think of. Oh, that's brilliant. Yeah. Where do you have paid help in your life? We actually, starting in December, um, we now have a fantastic cleaning crew that comes to our house once a month in deep mm-hmm. And that is honestly... Like I said, I'm a hurricane. I'm a mess. <laughs> um, I can I can walk past a, a ginormous dust bunny uh, a thousand times, and it drives my husband crazy. But he is so integral into helping me be able to do what I do mm-hmm. that I really was like, I will find a way to have somebody help deep clean so that we don't have to do this and spend a whole weekend um, on this. So that is more of a gift that I've given my husband. I, mm-hmm. I, I don't notice mess. I live in the mess. I'm, I'm here. <laughs> but that was, that was a gift to him. Do you find, and I'm curious, that when the house is tidier, it does something to your body and your brain? I can't take a deep breath. I don't know why. Mm-hmm. I can't look around and be like, that's empty and that's clear and that's clean. Mm-hmm. But I do feel a sense of like, <sighs> mm-hmm. But we're also both maximalists. We have stuff every like I mean, mm-hmm. we we have a gallery wall on top of our gallery wall. On top mm-hmm. of, you know, we we don't live we don't live minimally any. You know, we also have two young children, so there's just a lot. Um, so I'm never gonna say I'm not gonna be that Zen minimalist, but I do feel like I can breathe a little a little easier. You know, especially when they like fold a little tissue paper. Like what a gift. What a gift. Okay, last question. If I could yeah. wave my magic wand and put seven figures into your business yeah. bank account right now, what would you do with it? 
oh my gosh, can I have it now? Um, I have so many big dreams for this. I have a little 750 square foot space. Mm -hmm. Um, But I also believe that sports and recreation are such a beautiful modality for provision of therapy. Um, Everything from recreational therapist to speech therapist to PT. I would love to create a facility that housed all of that, that had a gym, a workout facility, um, some gymnastics, rock climbing. Like, Just let me build my dream facility. And I think the right people would find me because I think so many therapists get into it because get into therapy because they have some kind of sport or activity that really either they needed PT or that, you know, they went to OT. Like, I think we all have something that's on the kind of the backside of our interests. And I think how amazing would it be to have parallel play kicks and have a PT that was interested in soccer and have a soccer program and have, you know, all of these things, um, more scholarship programs, more camps, more like, just let me build my dream world. More is more. Yeah, more is more. 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 (laughs) That is so right. (laughs) The hashtag of this episode. Well, Rachel, it has just been such a treat. And I I know that people listening to you right now are so grateful that you said yes, not only to everything that came before, and also this opportunity, because whether you know it or not, I know it and the listeners know it. You have given so much knowledge and support and expertise and all these other things we talked about in this episode just by saying yes. And so thank you so much for leaning into that and for showing up for everybody today. Thank you so much for having me. It was really fun. This has been OTs Get Paid, recorded live in Studio C. That's Studio Closet. I'm Trish Williams. If you have feedback on today's episode, send us a DM on IG at OTs Get Paid or join our Facebook group at OTs Get Paid. We would really love to hear from you. We'd also love it if you could subscribe and write a review for the podcast. Each month, I'll pick a random review for a shout out to get your name and business on the air. Until next time. Okay.